This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Genesis chapter 5. That's Genesis chapter 5, and we'll look at a passage that's probably not preached on very often. Um, we, I, I had started before the, the uh, shutdown uh, a series on Genesis, um, and last week we were looking at uh, uh, the, the story of Cain and Abel and how. Um, the, the, the picture that I tried to paint, uh, the, the, the thing that I tried for us to see 
is the fact that in Genesis 3, after the fall, there was a promise that one day there would be a seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve, who would one day come and crush the serpent's head. And in Genesis chapter 4, we see with Cain and Abel, there was the birth of Cain, and there was maybe this expectation that there, this, this one may be the seed. This one may be the one who's to come, but yet the hopes are dashed, and at the end of the chapter, uh, we see a, a glimmer of hope again with Eve saying, this one God has given, and uh, he's uh, provided another seed with that same word pointing back to uh, Genesis chapter 3. Now, we pick up in Genesis chapter 5, and when we, when we look at this text, when we're reading through our Bible in a year, and we come to the very fifth chapter of the Bible, uh, we, we, we sometimes get to this and like, uh, can we just skip this chapter? It's just a bunch of names. So-and-so lived so many years, and then they had so many sons and daughters, and then they died. Okay, over and over and over again. Is there any meaning that we can get out of this text? Uh, well, I believe that there is. Um, when we look at this text, we will uh, we'll look for patterns, and we'll look for breaks in that pattern. And from those breaks in the pattern, uh, we'll see uh, a meaning that we can come to from the text. Uh, so let's look at our text um, Genesis chapter 5, and I'll uh, read God's word. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years... He fathered his son in his own likeness and after his image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he had fathered Enosh 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh had lived uh, after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. We're beginning to see a pattern, aren't we? All right. When Kenan had lived 70 years and fathered Mahalalel... Kenan lived after he had fathered Mahalalel, 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and, and he died. Right. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalalel lived after he fathered Jared, 830 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years. And he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years. And he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God. After he fathered Methuselah 300 years, 
and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. We see a break in the pattern there. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. Uh, Though this seems to be just a list of names, Lord, it is your word. It is your perfect, inerrant word, and you have spoken to us. You have given it for a reason, and Lord, we pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, to see that reason, uh, Lord, and to to delight in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it begins with a... A phrase that, that we see throughout the book of Genesis. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Now, uh, this phrase that we see, it actually is the same phrase that we see in Genesis chapter 2. Um, when uh, it says, these are the generations of the heavens and earth. Uh, in, in, uh, it, in some translations, it may be something different. I'm using the ESV, but these are the generations. Uh, it's translated that way because it's drawing attention to the fact that in the Hebrew language, it's the same word here. Um, these are the generations. And when we get past this genealogy, uh, there'll be another time when it says these are the generations. When it comes to uh, Noah's sons, there'll be these are the generations. And then when we uh, come to uh, Terah... Terah was Abraham's uh, father. It's also going to say, these are the generations. Then we're going to come to Ishmael, one of Abraham's uh, children, and it's going to give, these are the generations of Ishmael. And then there'll be, these are the generations of Isaac. And then these are the generations of Jacob. We'll see this repeated throughout the book of Genesis. And scholars say, and I think they're right, uh, that this is kind of a, a, a natural break in the narrative. This, these are marking uh, um, sections that we should read as a unit. And so uh, this is starting a new unit here. We've seen the creation of the world. We've seen the fall of human beings. We've seen uh, the very first uh, children born to Adam and Eve. And now it's starting a new section. And what they're doing, what the author here is doing, what Moses here is doing, is he connects what came before with uh, what comes after. What he's getting to, what he's driving at, is the, the Noah story. Um, he's connecting those two things with a genealogy. So it says, these are the generations of Adam. And then there's a little recap. It's pointing back to what we've already seen. He says, when God created man, 
He made him in the likeness of God. We're pointing, he's pointing to the fact that God made man in his image, in his likeness. Uh, male and female, he created them, both male and female, equally created in the image of God. It's not like man was created in the image of God and, and women were something else. No, they weren't some afterthought. No, male and female, he created them in his own image. And he blessed them. And it says he named them man. That's a general use of the word man, just mankind in general. Um, and I, something that I, I saw in, in, uh, in, in my reading about, uh, about the text, um, this is actually the first time that it says God named them man. Uh, we're, used, we're seeing the word there throughout the other chapters. It's calling them in the text. But here it's drawing attention to the fact that God named them man. I think the reason why this is attention, we need to have attention to this is we're seeing a, a continuation of that where God names Adam and God names them man. And then Adam has a son and he names that son Seth. So male and female, he created them. He blessed them and named them man when they were created. Now we begin this pattern that we see uh, where it names a person who lived for so many years, and after they lived so many years, they had a child, and after this child was born, they lived so many more years, and all the days of so-and-so were, and he died. Um, we see this with Adam. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. We do need to take note of that. He had other sons and daughters. Some people ask, well, where did Cain get his wife? Or where did Seth get his wife? Well, um, they weren't the only people around. Adam and Eve did have other sons and daughters. Um, uh, you know, it, it, at that time, you know, we, we're concerned today in, in, our, uh, in our times about, you know, when, when it comes to things like that, you know, are, are there going to be birth defects or things like that? Well, this was the very first creation. Uh, it was closer in time to the very first pristine human beings that were created. And, and there weren't as many, uh, if you want to call it, mutations in the human race. And so maybe there just wasn't so much to worry about. Uh, I think the traditional understanding that, uh, that they would have um, just multiplied within the family uh, at that time um, was probably, uh, it has to be the way that, uh, that it happened. So he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So, and he died. We want to think back to the first chapter where God, or the second chapter where God told them, in the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. God has grace on Adam and Eve. They don't die immediately, but yet that death sentence is upon them. And while they were able to live, while they were able to have many children, many sons and daughters, the death sentence finally came. It was time for Adam to die. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh, and Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters Thus the days of Seth were 912 years, 
and he died. So we're seeing again, and he died. It's pointing out that the, 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 the warning that God gave before they ate of the fruit of the tree, uh, it, it, it uh, carries out its generational effects upon every single generation. Each of these people are dying when they come to the end of their days. Yet there's also grace. There's also grace mixed in in the fact that they do have children and the line of that seed is carried on. This is the line of Seth, the one that Eve said, God has appointed another seed. So we're following this line along and uh, I'm not going to read every name as we go down the list. We've already done that. We've already pointed out this pattern and he died and he died and he died. But when we get to verse 21... Says Enoch, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God. There's a break in the pattern. After he fathered Methuselah, 300 years had other sons of and daughters. Thus, all the days were of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. We have a repetition there. It's pointing out, out. It's screaming at us. One, there's the repetition. And he walked with God. And he walked with God. We've got a repetition there. But also, this is a break in the pattern. Everybody else, from Adam all the way down to, um, uh, to Jared, my namesake, uh, everyone from Adam all the way down to Jared, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. And then we have the narrative screaming at us. But Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And he didn't die. He, he was not, for God took him. Um, we don't know a lot about Enoch. All we know is that the text gives us this positive affirmation about Enoch's life. It says, he walked with God, and the text tells us that he didn't die. He, he didn't, he, what happened to all of these other people didn't happen to Enoch. He walked with God, and God just took him. Uh, I think some have called it the translation of Enoch. He, he, he just he, he went straight into heaven. Uh, this only happened to one other person in the Old Testament we know. Uh, it, was it Elijah? Elijah, whenever he was taken up in the chariot. Uh, so among, um, among the Old Testament saints, this only happened two times. It was to Enoch and Elijah. And uh, I think what the text here is trying to say, especially with the fact that it says he walked with God, is the fact that there is hope. There is hope. Uh, in the midst of all the death that has come because of sin, there is still hope. And that hope comes from a life that walks with God. The hope is in a life that walks with God and the hope is also in that seed that is to come that is to one day crush the serpent's head. Um, so after we come to this Enoch, his son is Methuselah. Um, notice he is the oldest man that ever lived, um, 969 years. And if you do the math... Um, he dies. If you do the math and you see how old Noah was at the time of the flood coming, he dies in the year of the flood. So um, either he died and then the flood came 
that year, or he died in the flood. You know, uh, and the text doesn't tell us. Uh, just just doing the math, we know that that's the year that he died. Um, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah. We have a break in the pattern here as well. We have a break in the pattern. Notice uh, the, the other text says, when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. He fathered, and then it gives the person's name over and over and over again. We come to Lamech, and it says, he, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son. It's different. We have a different, we have, we've broken the pattern again. And I think this is calling attention to us. We're saying, pay attention here. He fathered a son and called his name, more breaking the pattern, he had called his name Noah, and he gives us this reason, saying, out of the ground that the Lord cursed, this one shall give us relief, bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Now, as I've said, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, whenever it tells us that, the, that the, uh, there was a seed of the woman that will come and crush the serpent's head, and what I've argued is that's the hope that, we've all, that they've all been looking forward to to this time. If you've been doubters that this thesis is correct, um, here is more evidence that shows this is what they were looking for. At Lamech has a son, and he says, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. Uh, he's, he's hoping in a seed. He's hoping in a descendant. And he says, this, this one will give us rest. Noah is the word that means rest. This is the one who will give us rest, bring us relief from the work, from, uh, from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. What was the consequence of the curse on the ground? That Adam and all of his descendants would have to have painful toil and work. What what uh, the narrative? What, what the narrative? What the author? What Moses is trying to get us to see here is that that when Noah was born, there there was an expectation. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the promised seed who is going to crush the serpent's head and bring an end to the curse. We know what happens with Noah. But there's this hope here. There's this hope. There's this expectation that's, that all the hope is on Noah. And we know that in, in a way, Noah really did save the world. It was God. God warned him before the flood came, warned him to build an ark. But all the hopes of the world were there upon Noah. And it tells us again, Thus all the days of Lamech, let's see, um, after Noah was 500 years old, again, this is a different break, this is a different pattern we're seeing. After Noah was 500 years old, he, it doesn't say he lived 500 years and then had so many, you know, it had, uh, instead, the, the Hebrew text actually says, when Noah was a son of 500 years, uh, and, and basically, I think the effect of that is saying when he was about 500 years old, um, the other ones, it tells us exactly how many years old they were. So with, with here, we've got three different sons that he's talking about. 
And so instead of saying when he was this many years old, the, the grammar there is different, uh, indicating, I think, that he was about 500 years old. And Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, this is the text we've looked at. We see a few things from here. We see God created man in his own image. And you know something I didn't cover? When, when, it, when Seth was born, it tells us Seth was born in the image and the likeness of Adam. And I think one of the things we see from this is God's image. We did not lose the image of God after the fall. It's more. It's broken. It's been distorted because of sin. But we still are created in the image of God. And when we get to Genesis chapter 9, or if you're reading through and you come to Genesis chapter 9, the very same thing when it comes to uh, the idea of capital punishment. God tells Noah that, that uh, if, if a person murders another person, by man shall his blood be shed. And the reason, the justification for that is because God created man in his image. And if you, if you destroy someone who's created in God's image, then that person, the only justifiable punishment is death itself. Um, so from that text, from Genesis 5 uh, in the very beginning, and from Genesis 9, we see human beings are still created in the image of God. And when we, one of the things we need to understand from the fact that human beings are created in the image of God is that we are, no matter who we are, no matter how old, no matter how young, from before uh, a young baby comes out of the womb to the person in the nursing home, maybe on their deathbed, each person is created in the image of God. From the, the most brilliant scientist in all the world to someone who is born with intellectual disabilities and may never be able to, to do anything beyond just smile. We're all created in the image of God. We are all created with, with value and worth and dignity because we are created in the image of God. Yet that, that image has been marred, that image has been corrupted, and we live with the effects of sin. And death has come into the world and has come to each and every human being after Adam with a few exceptions. And it's coming for each one of us. And the way to escape death eternally is to walk with God. And the way we walk with God is by trusting His Word, trusting in Him, trusting in His promises, and particularly trusting in that seed that was to come, that was to crush the serpent's head. And then finally we come to Noah, where, where all the energy here is pointing towards this is the one. Well, Noah wasn't the one to come. He looked forward to that one. He, in a way, did save the world because of building the ark. And, 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 and he had uh, you know, sons and daughters and, and, and they continued the human race afterwards. But we continue to follow the line in Genesis and we come to Abraham. And Abraham, uh, well, actually, even Noah beforehand, one of the things it tells us, I think it's in Genesis 6, 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. 
It tells us in Genesis 6-9. Again, this pattern that we're seeing is the way to life is to walk with God. We come forward to Abraham, and Abraham uh, is, is a man who was counted righteous because he believed God. And he was promised that he would have a son. He was promised that he would have a seed. And he would have children as many as the stars of the sky or the sand of the shore. And we continue. I've said this in the previous last week as well. But we're just kind of looking forward to where this is all going. We fast forward from Abraham. And we see in the end of the book of Genesis where it lands on this man named Judah. And it tells us the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Judah is one of the sons of of, uh, Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. This seed that we're following in the narrative, uh, at the end of Genesis, we're seeing that there is an expectation from the very end of the book of Genesis that there will be a king that will come from the line of Judah. And we follow the biblical story and we come to David, who was a descendant of Judah. And he's promised that he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever and ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. We follow that line forward into the future. And there are many kings that come after David. Some are good. Some follow after God. And some are bad. And in the end, because of the disobedience of God's people, he brings an end to the king on that throne. And we have that tension. How is God going to keep his promises if he's put an end to the king on that throne, if he's taken him into exile in Babylon? How is that God going to keep that promise? And Isaiah tells us in chapter 6, the holy seed is in his stump. <laughs> there is a seed that is there in the remnant Come to, Gen- to Matthew chapter 1 with the genealogy just like we looked at today. This genealogy that draws a line from Adam all the way forward to Jesus of Nazareth who was born in Bethlehem. Who came and lived a perfect and sinless life. Who came and, and lived and gave himself up as a ransom for many. He gave himself up being the one who crushed Death, who crushed the serpent, who finally was the one who was able to defeat the devil, death, and hell. And he rose victoriously, and we can have life. We can walk with God when we look to Jesus alone. When we have faith like Abraham, and our faith counts us as righteousness. Though our sins are as scarlet, He washes us white as snow when we look to that promised seed who came as Jesus Christ. So our only hope in the midst of death, in the midst of disease, in the midst of coronavirus, is to look to Jesus who is the answer, who is the one who came to crush our greatest enemy. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you that you sent Jesus, that you've been faithful to all of your promises. And Lord, that we can have life with you when we look to you in faith. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And then we'll close with the song, There is a Fountain, number 477. Um, let's just sing the first two. Thank you.